What's going on, guys? Nikhil and Lucas here back for another episode of Hip Hop Hype Hour. Hey, hey, hey. I'm fired up, man. So many good things happening right now. We done with classes, um, done with finals, uh, both of us, I think, as well. No, right? I have one. I have, oh, one, have today. one left. Okay, <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah, almost, almost done. Almost done. Um, COVID's getting better. Cases going down. The government said that it's okay for vaccinated people to start kind of resuming their normal activities. And I guess right in line with that is why yesterday night was one of the best days in music in oh. a really long time. We were, it was like Thanksgiving, bro. It was, it was I know a, a really long time. It was absolutely insane. We got, I'll just, I'm just going to get right to it, break it down all the music that we had yesterday. So we had Nicki Minaj with uh, Beam Me Up Scotty. I think that was a re-release of an original project that she had, but it did have a couple of new songs. Um, I think one was called Fractions and there was also one called Seeing Green. It was a nice little Young Money reunion there with uh, Nicki Minaj, Drake and Lil Wayne on there. Pretty solid track. Um, new single from the Migos called uh, Straightening, I think is what it was called. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was okay. I didn't think it was anything that special. Yeah, it, but... it was okay, but it was new. Like, that's the thing. It's something exactly. we hadn't heard before. Exactly. So, even and, though it was and, the same formula, like... Yeah. I've been know. saying on the show for a long time now, like, uh, Culture 3 is on the way. Like, I think the Migos are finally <laughs> gearing up with it. Because they had a yep. single in, like, early 2019, and then COVID started, so they pushed things off. Then they had two singles in the summer of 2020. So I'm sorry, yeah, both the, all these singles were like 2020. Um, they had a couple of singles in the summer. We thought we were going to get an album. We didn't because COVID just kept stretching on. Like it was, it kept going. And I think now they're finally gearing up to actually like roll that album out. So <laughs> Culture One was great. There were a lot of standout tracks. Definitely a really solid project there. Culture Two, not as much, right? A lot so, of throwaway, a lot of filler. Yeah, a lot of filler, a lot of throwaway. So hopefully we get a little bit of a return to form for the Migos because I think they have kind of been stagnating since Culture 2, like even a little bit before Culture 2. But it's fun music, so I hope it ends up being a good project there. Um, we got a little something from Kodak Black. I don't really listen to Kodak, so not really going to comment on that. I just yeah, I don't think his solo projects so. are great. Like they're usually <laughs> subpar. So I mean, his features are sometimes good, though, but... Yeah. So we're not, that's only half of the stuff here. Yeah, so and you got 21. Single, yeah, I'm sure 21. There. Yeah, a little EP there. Um, he had that song Spiral, which I really like on the EP, as well as this song Emergency with Gunna and Young Thug. That was pretty oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And a couple others on there as well. So a really nice, solid EP there. Another single from Internet Money, Gunna, Lil Uzi Vert, and Don Tolliver, similar to how we had Lemonade last year. That was Ooh. a big radio hit. So I guess they're kind of trying to recreate the success that they had there. It was called His and Hers. Um, yeah, I, I heard was, that. I like Don Tolliver track. on the hook. He did good yeah. on the hook. I, I, I see where you put him as one of your best artists of, mm. was it, our 2020 discussion? 2020, yeah. And he's uh, gearing up for a new album. He had a single oh. a week or two ago called What You Need. Um, so he's getting ready to have his second, I guess this is going to be a sophomore studio album. It's going to be called, the, uh, I think, Life of a Dawn or something is what he's going for with the title. So I think maybe this summer we might get a release there. Also had a, I think a single from A Boogie and with the hoodie and Rowdy Rebel that I listened to. I don't remember what it was called because I like listened to it right before I went to bed. But uh. it was pretty solid. Uh, I I like the track, but I think what everyone is really interested in and is going to be talking about for a while now is we got the off season by J Cole. 
Yes, sir. We're going to be talking about that, too. I guess that's the the artist spotlight this week. Yep, that's our episode today. So artist spotlight, we're covering J. Cole. I think it's only right, you know, he drops a major studio album right like 12 hours ago. I think exactly 12 hours ago. That hasn't even been a full day. So here we are recording our third artist spotlight on J. Cole. And then we'll also, I guess, talk about the album as well while we're here. So... Why don't we go ahead and jump right into it? We'll do whatever we usually do for these spotlights. We'll start with their earlier life background, kind of how they broke into the industry. And then Mm -hmm. we'll run through their discography, talk about some feature runs, and then end off with kind of speculation as to where we think their career is going to go from here. So go ahead and kick us off here. This is all you Yeah, I'm taking this one because um, his full name actually is Jermaine. Lamar Cole. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm taking all the Lamars. Everyone with the Lamar. In their I name, know, right? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> it's funny because like, Lamar's his middle. It. Lamar is Kendrick's middle name too. Like it's he, yeah, he Kendrick is, Lamar like, Duckworth. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I'm taking I'm taking all the Lamars. So <laughs> Jay Cole, <laughs> born in 1985, actually to a military family. So he was born on a like a in Frankfurt, Germany, because his dad was in the army. Um, so I, I didn't know this listening to his music, but like he is actually biracial. So his mom is white. His mom, mm. Kay, is white. Um, and his dad left them. And so they moved back to the States in, uh, when he was eight months old to Fayetteville, North Carolina. So that's Deville, right? <laughs> the, the infamous oh, yeah. Fayetteville. Right. Um, and he has an older brother, Zach. But like, you know, I, I don't know what Zach does. Maybe Zach's a lawyer or something. And J. Cole is getting all the money. I don't <laughs> Um, hey, lawyers make money too, though. That's true, but J. Cole has a lot of money. Um, that's true. But that's besides the point. So one of the things I think that, that was interesting about this, like I said, was that his mom is white. Um, so he's quoted as saying, like, he, he says, I can identify with white people because I know my mother, her side of the family, who I love. But at the end of the day, I've never felt white. I can identify with those people, but never felt like I'm one of them. I identify more with what I look like because that's how I get treated, not necessarily in a negative way. So I wanted to start off the discussion, the discussion by saying, like, mm-hmm. do you think that that has had a tangible impact on his music? Like, do you think that he's more relatable to a general audience because he has this influence where his like part of his family's white? Or do you think that it doesn't really impact his music that much? I, I feel like in terms of relatability with the audience, I don't think so, because when I listen to J. Cole, that's not really what I think about, at least. Maybe other people will have different opinions, right? That at mm-hmm. least that's not what I think about because I when listening to J. Cole, it's like I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm going to focus more on the lyrics. I'm going to focus on the production. I'm going to focus more on the impact that the song has overall. Um, but as far as like influences on his music, I, I would I would have to say probably um, just in terms of like where he's coming from with some of these songs, I think. Mm-hmm. I think for himself personally, it definitely influences like his thought process when creating music, but for an impact on the audience, at least from what I'm in my perspective, I I don't really see it, to be honest. Right. I I have to agree. Like, I I thought it was worth bringing up because I think that a lot of artists, it weighs like very heavily and it reflects very heavily in their music. Like um, Logic is one artist that that's comes what to I was mind. actually very... I was gonna bring up Logic and it, Logic has a complete opposite perspective on right. it. like he's literally right in the middle of it all and <laughs> a lot of people kind of make fun of him for it because it's like he just seems very I feel like Logic is one of those rappers that really tries hard to be conscious with mm-hmm. his music 
but just doesn't have the same level of substance as a J. Cole or a Kendrick Lamar has to actually right. execute it all the way. Which is why I'm actually very anti-logic. Like, there's a I know he has a his like he has his fan like cult following. There's a lot of like a small number of people who really love Logic and they listen to him a lot and really support him. And I think he's retired now too, so it's like whatever. But right, but he um, might be coming back. Yeah, I I never <laughs> I, I've just found his music very hard to like enjoy and appreciate. Mm -hmm. So. Right. So, so yeah, it's some extent I agree with that. Like, I think that it, he can be very heavy handed about his experience with like biracialness and stuff like logic mm -hmm. to where it even impacts the music. I think J. Cole is like the other end of the spectrum, like you were just saying. So I, I don't think that that reflects very much in his music, but I'm sure it goes into his thought process, like you were saying. So I just wanted to raise that point and talk about yep. that a little bit, because I think for a lot of artists, it's it's very obvious to the audience like it, very, it comes off very strongly because it affects them so much and i i don't get that sense with j cole right um so that that's like like his very early childhood so he grew up in fayetteville um so apparently he started rapping in the sixth grade at the age of 12. and uh one of his big influences was tupac so his father his stepfather um mm -hmm. brought home a record he listened to it and then the death of tupac was one of the things that inspired him to actually start rapping because that really resonated with him and, and affected him um but like he like looking back at his childhood he's always actually been like very musically gifted so he was actually a first chair violinist for many years um and his mom for christmas and stuff she bought him like a lot of different drum kits and sampling tools so one of those that she bought him for christmas one year was a roland tr 808 drum machine the 808s right. you know the infamous exactly. 808s um yeah so like he's very like musically gifted not just as a lyricist like as a producer as well that's so, what like, i was gonna i was gonna interject real quick it's pretty crazy yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the songs on his albums he he self-produces like you look at the credits it'll be like written by j cole performed mm -hmm. by j cole produced by j cole right like he'll do the the whole thing and right. it's pretty crazy i feel like if he wanted to he could probably like just himself like step into a studio and put together a whole body of work without anyone else there i think he's definitely capable of doing that um right and that's Which a I think lot is, of that is due to his influences like yeah, yeah yeah i was gonna say like do you think of him more as a rap you think he's maybe not more i think you probably for the first thing of j cole you think of him as a rapper and not yeah, a producer but do of you course. think he's a better rapper or do you think he's a better producer i still think he's a better rapper just because okay. that's that, that's what we hear right right that, that's to, like the most in your face you yeah, can't get around to compare those production yeah. to rap like they're two completely different things like they, they more complement each other rather than mm -hmm. like uh, oppose each other in that sense but right i i know his, his production has definitely been influential and we'll probably talk about this a little bit but middle child had a particular like the trumpets if you remember oh yeah and then later on you get that song um yeah you get that song hot on the young thug album with gunna that i think j cole helped produce and you had that same uh trumpet pattern in there and people immediately knew it's like oh i think j cole helped produce this because it sounds exactly like this one right? right so it's pretty cool yeah exactly i think that that's something that a lot of artists don't like they don't have that element that they're able to produce their music and i think maybe mm -hmm. that helps j cole kind of get this like grand vision this grand grander feel to his music that a lot of Definitely. other artists can't do 
I think one artist I want to draw a parallel to because the, he J Cole himself has drawn a lot of parallels and inspiration from is Kanye West, right? So Kanye yeah, West yeah. started off as a producer and he was trying to rap on his beats to get some recognition. Um, and I feel like J Cole is somewhat similar in that respect. And we'll see actually that he's actually way similar to Kanye than I, I would have thought, right? Like doing some research for this episode, I I was drawing insane parallels to, between him and Kanye West. But uh, just to like kind of bring this question my answer i i do think j cole is more of a rapper whereas kanye west i would think of as more of a producer right mm -hmm. because That's you know the kanye beats more than you know the kanye lyric even though kanye's really? got bad lyrics you think like, so like, he's got memorable lyrics but his lyrics aren't very good kanye's <laughs> sure yeah I, I, I would say they're on an equal <laughs> playing field and, and again it's so hard to like compare yeah. someone's production skills to their rapping skills because they're two completely different domains but mm -hmm. i would say they're equal just because i think j cole produces more for himself to rap uh, like lyrics right. on, whereas kanye will go and produce for other people and help produce their albums so there's definitely that difference as well in terms of their production skills there so right Mm -hmm. um yeah so that was like his really early like getting started those are his kind of influences but his first like actual time rapping so he he saw this local group called bomb shelter okay. and so he was apparently like the the group describes him as in an interview as like their number one fan and so they knew they had to take him under their wing so they took him under their wing at the age of 16 they let him like go to the studio with them and they were recording like a collab album with all these people in fayetteville like north carolina mm -hmm. um and so the first song that i believe i could find him listed on was called the storm so yeah. um it's a tale of love and betrayal inspired by nas uh undying love so this is a quote from the bomb shelter group yeah. So like and Nas um, is definitely another one of his big another huge influence, there, right? So. right? But like the thing there is interesting is like even like his first credited song, it, it's like a tale, right? So it's a story. So when I think mm -hmm. of J Cole, I think of like he does tell a lot of stories through his lyrics, right? He's yeah, a very he like story driven. Like one of his one, in my opinion, like one of the most memorable songs of his is like Wet Dreams, right? Where he's telling mm -hmm. like the story <laughs> of mm -hmm. his first time. Um, <laughs> And the music video is crazy. We'll get to talk about that later. But yeah, yeah. Um, right. So even here, he was like very story oriented, um, even on his first attempt. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at this time, he wasn't actually even known as J. Cole. At this time, he he was called Blaza. But then he changed his name from Blaza to Therapist because okay. there were people in this group like Filthy Rich. And he was like, oh, that's such a cool name. Like, I need to get myself a cool pseudo name like that. So he tried <laughs> the Therapist. But he decided to drop it because he said therapist sounds like a wrestler's name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. But like, I don't know. Do you think he would have been as famous if he kept like the pseudonym like Blazer Therapist? Do you think that would have hurt him or? I don't think so. I, I feel yeah. like J. Cole is like, yeah. But again, that's just hindsight bias right there. Right. Because right. like we only we only know what we currently see. So we have no idea what the alternate reality would be like. But I don't know. Therapist kind of sounds like a logic type name to me that's what i am exactly yeah so, like yeah, so i don't know I'm, if i would have been as eager to listen if his name was like therapist I'm glad. Right? i think j cole i i think there is something there's still something there about using your real name as right. your rap name as well um like i feel like it's something that has kind of gone away like people don't yep. really do that as much anymore 
but j cole you could still argue is more of a purist so right so so it yeah makes sure sense in that sense right right um so anyways this group like bomb shelter they were actually supposed to be the ones that made it out of like they were gearing up for like larger releases and going larger um and this compilation album from all this local talent that j cole was featured on was supposed to kind of be their breakout type album so i kind of like revenge of the dreamers that we'll talk about right a little later um but but it fell through there's not a happy ending so <laughs> cole got a scholarship and he went off to college at saint john university in new york and when he came back home uh after he like found some success right filthy rich asked to join his tour for the sideline and he got declined uh he said he said like he's like can i just follow along and observe you like you observed us and cole was like no um and, <laughs> nope. so, and so you know there, there's a song on his most recent project i guess we'll talk about later that i think might actually be referencing events to this okay um but yeah so it's not happy ending with his original group from bomb shelter um and i just want to say shout out to j cole because i didn't know this but I, when he initially started off as a computer science major at Saint yes Dan, i was just I was about to that, say I'm that like, what whoa okay, right i did not know that but right, right he went to st john university respect, as a computer respect. science major um but apparently not what he he, he changed yeah he changed he changed to communication and business because he said and i quote it was because I had this one professor who was the loneliest, saddest man I've ever known. <laughs> he was a programmer, and I knew I didn't want to do what he did, so right. I switched to communications. All right, that's um, cap. That's cap. Because, like, we, we can tell you, okay, the, may, there might be some professors like that, but you'll find, find professors like that in every single department. Like, that's that's just a personality thing. It's not because of what they're studying or what they're doing. Like, right. But I think we, there's more of those personalities in CS. Right. Like I mean, it so lends like, itself yeah, to being. That's true. I guess. But we program, we're not like that, right? No, so... yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so don't get discouraged from CS just because yes. J. Cole said he had one professor that was, you know, just because it wasn't for him doesn't mean it wasn't for you. But exactly. anyway, so I think uh, like to continue that quote, something that I, that I think might have influenced him is because he switched to communications, he took uh, classes like poetry, history of music, history of film. And so I think that those things influenced his artistic vision, like helped him refine it more. Um, so I think J. Cole, like he's a, incredibly intelligent. He graduated the 4.2 GPA from, oh, from yeah. high school and he was magna cum laude in college, right? Yeah, like a 3.7, 3.8. Right, right. So he, he's incredibly intelligent. You can hear his music. You, you can understand that. Um, and I just think that like for a lot of people, like they, so I just want to see like this is interesting that I think J. Cole is something that you don't see a lot. Like you don't see people look at the story of success and say like, oh, this guy finished college and college mm -hmm. actually helped him, right? Like mm -hmm. usually people are like, oh, he dropped out of college and you don't need or high school, to be right? There's so or many high rappers that don't even right. get out of high school. Like the weekend, right? We were just talking about exactly. last, like the <laughs> last spotlight. Um, so I think this is like an interesting perspective on the opposite. So I think that you can find success kind of like whatever you do in that case but mm -hmm. but the common denominator is gonna be like these guys work incredibly hard right yeah, like and, we're gonna and, see know, j cole works really hard there j cole is not the only rapper who has like been successful academically like, i know jadena i remember he had that one mm -hmm. song classic man from like six years ago that was pretty popular but i think he went to stanford just pretty cool right and you have travis scott who went to like a combination like there's rumors that he went to the university of texas at austin like for a year or two i don't know if that's true or not um <laughs> if it is that's pretty cool 
because that's where we go and you're just wrapping up at but i think it was i think the more accurate one is he went to utsa or something one of the two it's like it's not i don't know why it's not confirmed where he went because you would think that if you went to school with travis scott like you'd be making a lot of yeah, noise about you'd be it all right over now, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah he didn't finish college because i think ultimately he chose the like his music opportunities caught up to him pretty quickly but you know he was there so mm -hmm. j cole's not the only rapper who was like went to college or in his case even completed like have a college degree so i had more power to him right exactly um yeah like definitely he was like wildly successful in college he was like leading some some student organizations and things right. like that and he graduated very high in his class but after college, uh, things weren't so good because he graduated right when the 2008 recession hit. So it, things were definitely hard for him then. So he was working odd and in, odds and in jobs. So he was selling ads for a newspaper. He was doing bill collections on the phone. And something I thought was interesting is in, in another interview, um, someone asked him, they, they go like, oh, were you telling people that you were trying to be like a rapper when you were at like the bill collecting company? And he was like, no, he's like, no, I, I did that grind in secret. So I've heard like, I've heard people say before, like, if you're trying to do something, you shouldn't tell people because that like mm -hmm. demotivates you. So do you think that that's kind of what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Like, if you're trying to set up for a big accomplishment, sharing it with people before you've like accomplished it would like hurt you or like hurt your effort. Do you think that that's true necessarily or to some extent? Maybe I, I think you should uh, maybe. Like, at least for me, I would probably like talk about it. Like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm sort of working mm -hmm. on this, like just for fun. Even if your actual ambitions might be a lot bigger, you might not give the full story to a lot of people just because right. just out of that sense of like, I don't want to jinx it. Maybe I don't know. I don't, <laughs> you know, but, right. Like jinxing it or like getting full yeah. of yourself. But I feel like exactly. it's important to share because like if you don't share, yeah. you're not going to find other people doing the same thing. Like right. who could help you. Like, right. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, yeah, it, I think it can go both ways. It, it really just depends on the per like each individual's personality. Mm -hmm. Like some people might be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing music. Like I'm going to make it big one day. Like here's my stuff. Here you go. They'll be very like in your face about it. And some people might be very quiet about it. They might not talk about it much. And I, I just think it varies person to person. There's not necessarily right. a right or wrong answer here. Right. But for Cole, it seems like he preferred to be keeping it yeah. like to himself, you know, focusing yeah. on it. Um, and so like one thing that, that like really influenced him was like he was struggling to make ends meet in, in Queens. He couldn't pay rent, but his landlord, Muhammad, didn't evict him. So uh, in his most recent documentary, like that he recorded for the off season, you see that he goes to the Muhammad house and and he's apparently paid this guy back loads over oh, yeah. <laughs> ever since he made it famous. Right? I would think that it was not difficult for him to do that. No. Right. But that's something I think is really cool about Cole is he always yeah. gives back to people that, that helped him along the way for the most part. Maybe this bomb shelter, maybe there's something that, that <laughs> went on there that we don't know about. Right. But um. Yeah, I think that definitely he, he's definitely one of those artists that gives back and focuses on the community. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of artists that do that. So it's always really mm -hmm. like inspiring to see. Yep. Um, but yeah, but now to get into his actual music, right? So after yep. college, he starts really focusing on his music, right? So in 2007, he has his like first major mixtape to come up, right? Which he played right. uh, at this Rock the Mic studio for Jay-Z. 
um, who actually apparently initially rejected him. Like, so that's what I was reading. Yeah, yeah. He, he went up to him. From. Yeah, he waited like three hours or something, and Jay Z was like, "Nope, see you later." Yeah, or whatever. So, um, but if you look at like the track list for that mixtape, there's he takes a lot of beats and samples from Kanye West and Nas okay. and Jay Z, right? So all these artists that we mentioned before, they're all huge influences on him. Especially at this um, time, because we, we even talked about it last week, how right. 07, 08 was really when Kanye was kind of like really huge. out there. Yeah. Huge, yeah. exactly. And even Jay-Z, because he had the Blueprint 3 in 2009, which Cole was actually featured mm -hmm. on, which we're probably about to get to here. So. Yep. Yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. Um, so speaking of, right, it's like, if you're looking at that mixtape, like, not a lot of people know tracks off of it, but like, at that time, like, Cole's music is very, like, lyrically focused and kind of one-liner focused right mm -hmm. so it i it's not so focused on the stories at this time in my opinion like just like the lyrics are there the day. yeah the lyrics are there though yeah um it's like the standout track if you want to like get the full context so off, off his most recent album the off season there's a song called lion king on ice and there's mm -hmm. actually a thread of songs about simba and this this mixtape has the first song called simba and then the next mixtape will have Grown Simba, and then there's another one called Return of the Simba. And Isn't then, that like, like one of his nicknames nice. too? Right, right, because he yeah. said he's like Simba. He can't wait yeah. to be king. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's the, sure. the like pun he uses. Um, so there's a long thread of him like trying to be king or claim king of hip hop, which starts here, and that's just going back to like that hunger, right? Like he's mm -hmm. got that hunger. Um, so even though the, like this beat tape got rejected. Uh, he you rapped over it and that was his first mixtape right the come up um mm -hmm. but he, like and just two years later he has another mixtape called the warm-up which is kind of like a lot of fans consider this to be like the golden era of his lyricism there's a lot of standout really? like lyrics and really clever one-liners on this um so like uh lights please is the song that that really caught jay-z's attention so he heard lights please and jay-z was like okay whoa this guy's got it Right. So lights, please. Uh, I don't know if you know, you know, the song, if you'd hear it, it it's like really right. catchy. Yeah. It's really Cause I, I have not really listened to his mixtape stuff. I'll be 100% right. honest. So, but if you heard it, you'd probably know it. And it is okay. a really, a really good song. Um, but anyways, that caught Jay-Z's attention and that had Jay-Z, um, sign him to rock nation. Right. So, mm -hmm. so at this point, like Jay-Z signs him to rock nation after hearing this lights, please. Um, there's some other really good standout tracks off here, like Grown Simba, which is like the sequel to Simba. Right. And actually a beat that that a lot of people just probably heard for the first time the other day, Till Infinity. So he actually freestyled over this beat um, the other day on what what, what show was that? Oh, you know yeah. I don't about. remember what show it was, but yeah, I saw the video clip of it. Yeah, yeah if, you saw, if you saw the video clip of his freestyle where he just completely goes off, it's yeah. actually freestyling over his beat that he had from this mixtape. That's crazy. Um, right. And so, uh, but also like um, J. Cole has some like questionable bars. So like one of his bars that he, he says is like strung out you spaghetti, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's kind of cringy. So like, I, I don't know, like I think J. Cole, like looking at his lyrics, he has some really good stuff that hits, but he also has some really like cringe, in my opinion, cringy bars um so my question <laughs> but who like, doesn't who doesn't yeah right? okay but do you think that j cole's are like so bad that it ruins some of his songs i i don't know about that i i, okay. I generally i know you like 
are much more adamant about the quality of lyrics and stuff yeah for the most part than i am it's not gonna ruin a song <laughs> for me it's like okay that was kind of weird but i'll move on and listen to the right rest of i it think right if it's in the verse it doesn't but if it's in the refrain it might so like one okay song that got ruined for me was like the fold clothes for you song because oh yeah okay that song i don't, I don't know i it just it left a bad taste in my mouth i was just like what <laughs> Uh, but, but anyways, so, right, he got signed by Jay-Z, and then he was featured on the Blueprint, Blueprint 3, uh, on the song A Star Is Born, so, I think this, this era, like, that Lights Please song, and then his feature on A Star Is Born, is what really, like, got him popping from, like, got a, a lot of attention Right, in the hip-hop community, at least, right. um, Yeah, and again, I, I've mentioned this before. It's like, and now we're about to get into like his albums here, right? Um, Right, starting like his with actual like, albums. yeah, starting two thousand eleven, I think the the Cold World, the sideline story, right? Right. And I've said this before. I said this last week too. With like twenty ten is where we kind of got a little bit of a shift in power with the music. You know, before Mm -hmm. we had like Kanye, Jay Z, Lil Wayne, Eminem are kind of the ones who are really at the top of the game. And then two thousand ten, you get like this immediate shift, and now it's more about Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and J Cole. Obviously, the third
<laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, I, I think that's funny. Um, that's so funny. So but yeah, you want to get into Cold World yeah, now? I think that's right, the actual next. albums, right? Cold yeah. World, the sideline story. So so twenty eleven. And again, I just I'm gonna interrupt you real quick again. But go, like, go. again, with this basketball thing, you have, you have the sideline story, right? And the yeah. album cover is like him in a locker room. And then you go back all the way, fast forward 10 years, and you have the off season, and it's like there's a basketball hoop kind of burning in the background, but you still have that basketball theme in there. Right. Because you know, the off season, the basketball hoop, and I, I just thought that parallel across 10 years was really cool. Right. And so one of the things, like, okay, just to wrap up on that, that he yeah. said, like, why he like likes rap and basketball is he feels like the competitiveness is kind of mirrored oh, yeah. right like yes. the rap game and the basketball game yes it's 100 that's one of the things that keeps him going yeah because uh, uh, like unlike a lot of sports you, you kind of get this in football between like a wide receiver and a cornerback or it's like but it's a very like it's just a quick burst of like one-on-one -on -one matchup mm -hmm. and if, football is a very like strategic and team-based game but historically basketball has been so much about one-on-one -on -one matchups and like who's mm -hmm. better this guy or this guy because when two teams play yeah it's a team sport but individualism can really um have a lot more of an impact in basketball right. and games are so much about like this guy is going to guard this guy for the duration of the game that's why with these upcoming playoffs, that's why so many people want to see like a Lakers Clippers matchup because it's like, I want to see LeBron and Kawhi guarding each other <laughs> every day across a seven game series. So it's very much about matchups and one on one competitiveness and who's better, like this person or this person. So I, I fully see that. Like it makes perfect sense. Right. And I think J. Cole's treated rap like that because he's always talking yeah. about the king, the crown. Mm -hmm. um, and speaking of which, leading up to the sideline story, he releases another Simba track, Return of Simba, uh, as well as he supports Drake on Light Dreams and Nightmares. I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. So I know that there is some like friendliness between J. Cole oh, yeah. and Drake. Um, they're yeah, definitely 100%. on good terms. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's pretty crazy. Like, yeah, it's crazy because the three of them drake kendrick lamar and jake cole i think they did definitely support each other at the beginning when they were all mm -hmm. up and coming artists because you had both drake and j uh, drake and j cole featured on jay-z's album blueprint three drake right. was on off that and um j cole was on a star is born so both essentially broke out on the scene around the same time like 2009 um you had Drake actually featured on Cole World, which we're about to t talk about in 2011, yep. which and that's when Drake had Thank Me Later in 2010 and Take Care in 2011. And then I read that J. Cole actually helped produce a song for Kendrick. Yes, High Power. High Power. Yeah. Which is which is the last song on the album, and it's also right. like his most conscious song off the album. Yeah. Well, maybe not his most conscious because there's a lot yeah. of consciousness on that album, <laughs> but it's right. definitely then, more related to like larger racial themes than his other songs on the album. Yeah, and then Drake featured Kendrick Lamar on "Take Care" on an interlude. Kendrick Lamar featured Drake on "Good Kid, Mad City." Right. So there, you could see between the three of them, they knew where they stood and where things were going, and they wanted mm -hmm. to support each other and all that. So I thought that I think that's really awesome yeah de definitely um so so he was definitely getting ready to roll like they were all rolling something out around this time j cole was hyping up his album inspired by kanye's good fridays where he would release like bits and pieces from his music um j cole was doing something called any given sunday where he was releasing right. album yeah, yeah, artwork yeah. snippets and things like that yep um so so here's the big breakout from this album and also the big controversy uh the song called work out so uh, are you familiar with the song? 
yeah i have heard it like a couple of yeah. times yeah i know what you're talking about mm -hmm. right so this is like his i think this is his first like mainstream like radio hit like definitely like lights please was big in the hip-hop community but i think this song was big everywhere because it, it sampled so the story behind this is um j cole was listening to kanye's music he's a big kanye fan obviously he was listening to new workout plan um which he said he's like man i'm not a fan of this this is so boring he's like but i could do something good with this so he hears like the sample and he's like okay i have to do something good with this so he takes it and flips it for his song workout um which got a lot of attention because new workout plan is one of kanye's biggest songs from his early era right right um uh, but also it attracted a lot of criticism. So apparently Nas was very critical of, of J. Cole's use of the song like that because mm -hmm. he so he spoke out and he said like, hey, I'm not like I'm in disapproval of this. Um, and so what do you what are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts about rappers sampling other rappers like So like rappers sample music like that? That's mm -hmm. just known or producers yeah. sample music. But yeah. what's your opinion on like sampling another artist like beat? And using that for your own beat, like this heavy handed, right? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I, I don't, it's not the first time J. Cole has done it, I think. And I might be wrong here, but um, Deja Vu on For Your right. Eyes Only has the same beat as Exchange by Bryson Tiller. And I don't, I don't remember whose song was released first. I think Bryson Tiller's song released first. So I think J. Cole is the one who reused the beat. And mm -hmm. it's the same, it's the exact same beat um so yeah i'm not a fan of it because i think it, it it demerits the song that came before it in my opinion but do you think that's the same for like mixed like so there's a long-standing tradition of it happening in mixtapes of a rapper mixed taking tapes. another rapper's beat and rapping okay. over it and j cole got started with mixtapes where he was okay. pretty much taking kanye songs and rapping over them and Nas songs and rapping over them like okay the songs off the warm-up is called dead presidents and he samples mm -hmm. that loop from illmatic he's like i'm out for dead presidents to represent me right which yeah. is nasa's um so so do you think that the line is that like a studio album should be your original work versus as a mixtape there's like an understanding that it can be like someone else's stuff or... i think you're on the right track there yeah because like there's yeah and there's been some cases where i've been okay with it because it happens a lot um a lot of artists will like use right. other rappers beats, but a lot of time they also give credit like they'll have a shout out right the i think the credit's important I think the yeah. credit's important so if you just straight up use someone's beat without any acknowledgement all right like now you're out of line there but if it's like a freestyle or you're just trying to rap over it for fun but you like shout out that rapper or like quote them or do something like that that gives the acknowledgement then i think it's okay okay and i think a lot of people are in support of that right that makes sense yeah um so, but that song was incredibly popular and really mm -hmm. propelled this album, which released in September of 2011. Um, and so there were actually like a lot of the hits off this album were songs with features. So Mr. Nice Watch had a Jay-Z yeah. feature and The Morning had that Drake feature. And then Workout was, you could practically call it a Kanye feature because he featured the beat so heavily. Sure. Um, <laughs> So I, I think a lot of people like really like, oh, you know, J. Cole, triple platinum, no features. Do you think it's fair to say he is successful? Like he would be as successful if he didn't have these features? At the beginning? I'm not sure. I, I right. really, I'm not sure at the beginning, just because the level of features he has on this is absolutely insane. You know, for a first project, you got, right. uh, you got Trey Songs, Jay-Z, Drake, Missy Elliott, 
Right, as I say, Missy Elliott's on here too. These are yeah. some prominent, prominent features, and there's only a few, but still, I think it definitely it, it plays a role in right. the success in of her popularity. Album. A lot, yeah. a lot of artists will have a lot of features on their debut projects for this reason. I think mm -hmm. um, it's you notice it like across the industry, like every most successful rappers today have done something like that. So. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he wouldn't have had the platform, like he wouldn't have had the recognition mm -hmm. needed for Forest Hill Drives to blow up mm -hmm. if he did not have this recognition from these features earlier, right. or like if Jay-Z right. didn't sign them, right? So right. I don't think it's fair when people say like, oh, you know, like Jay-Z does, or not Jay-Z, J. Cole does it all on his own. Mm -hmm. um, he definitely has had success and help. He's had a lot of mm -hmm. success on his own, though. He's a great producer, a great lyricist. But I think it like you have to attribute that he does like and you like thrive off of other people yeah. feature beats, whatever that case may be. Yeah. And I think actually Rise and Shine is my like favorite song off of this album. I think really? It's just yeah, it's just um it's not it doesn't have any features, but I just really like the song. And I think it also samples another from graduation. Uh he he samples <laughs> what's what is the song called? I think it's which one is it? I think good life i'm not sure if it's good life might be a different one but yeah he samples the song off of graduation has like the same lyric at the beginning so again mm -hmm. more of that kanye influence coming in there but right. yeah cole world very solid debut project by Jay right Cole. absolutely mm -hmm. um so now moving on like he comes up with this uh born sinner and born yours sinner true, right yeah. Yours truly it's kind of like an ep mixed in yeah. with this project born sinner uh, yeah. which is I think yours truly, yours truly was put out because I think he took longer than he originally planned to. With right, there, so it got delayed. Of, yeah, it got delayed. So he put out yours truly as kind of like a like consolation prize there, like right. you know, just like right. take this while you wait, and I'll get Born Center out soon. And I think right. it's also pretty cool, like with Jay Cole. He his albums have gotten shorter over time, you know, like Cold World yeah. had like 16 tracks, like one hour long. Born Center was a really long album. Oh, and especially yeah. with the deluxe, it's like 21 20 tracks, something. an yeah. hour, 20 minutes long. It's, it takes a while to get through. Where And his albums, then they start getting shorter. Like we'll get to Forest Hills Drive and uh, For Your Eyes Only, KOD, and now here we are with the offseason. Right. They get shorter and more concise and like only 30 to 40 to 50 minutes long. Whereas other artists in the industry. Oh, they get bloated. Just, they just, they get bloated. They just <laughs> like Lil Uzi. Yeah, Uzi. I remember Chris Brown. Remember what he oh did with Heartbreak on a full movie? Like 45 songs. Are you serious? And a lot of it has is because of streaming because mm -hmm. it's like before streaming you generally had a standard price you would charge for an album regardless of the length but now because of streaming it's about how many clicks and plays every single song gets so the more songs you have the more numbers you are probably going to do right uh, so i like how he's resisted that and put and Quanti quality over quantity, right? Right, but he still puts out a lot. So this is something I wanted yeah. to highlight. Like he put out this years truly because he had to delay the whole project. So he gave mm -hmm. people like this little EP of consolation songs. He also had several singles. Like he had grew up fast when he reached 2 million Twitter followers. He had visions of home for this thing he called the Dreamville weekend, which is when he kind of went back to Fayetteville and did like mm -hmm. a like charity work and some promotional work there. Uh, and then more recently, he's had like Snow on the Bluff, um, 
false prophets like all, all all these songs that he releases in between his major projects to just to give people something yeah. and he also has all these documentaries and other stuff so i think that like i just wanted to kind of highlight that like even when j cole's not releasing music i feel like he still tries to stay like visible in the public eye and visible in music by like exactly. features releasing singles releasing documentaries whatever it may be and, and a lot of artists don't work like that like kendrick lamar doesn't mm -hmm. work like that when kendrick lamar is not releasing a project he's radio silent mm -hmm. right <laughs> like yeah um so i just wanted to highlight that about um j cole but but leading up to the born center project this may explain speaking of kendrick lamar he started working to say, with kendrick lamar around this time so this is when they started working on their their joint project quote um, quote joint project yeah <laughs> he, so they claimed that 2012 that they had already recorded four to five tracks so they recorded four to five okay. tracks for this joint project and he was waiting for his track list reveal on born center for good kid mad city to come out and for like the hype around that mm -hmm. so like just going back to what you're saying like these artists like they were all up and coming drake kendrick j cole and they were like respecting each other at this time so i think it yeah. was really cool um, yeah. to see how that works but yeah. but i would call like this as j cole's like first foray into like conscious music conscious yeah. rap because before sure, this sure. his music was very like radio friendly it was very like uh for lack of better word it was very like braggadocious music it was like mm -hmm. look how far i've come look how mm -hmm. many like girls i have sex with like, uh you know which, which i mean like that has kind of went back to that a little bit here with this feature run sort of um, right 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 right. we'll talk about like, that. that has its place that has, has its place it's it's yeah. fun music it's easily yeah. digestible yeah um and even kendrick has made that kind of music before it's not like right. oh these guys are only conscious rappers this is the only kind of music they make no they can have fun a little bit they like right. to sometimes but yeah but, but he comes out with the first single, Miss America, which is like a cultural critique. It's a critique on like the general like beauty culture in America. Mm -hmm. And it's the first single for this project. And he even said like he, he didn't Center, expect right? it. Right, of Born Center. Yeah. He said he yeah. didn't expect it to be like popular. He said mm -hmm. like um, he wants to change the conversation. And he said nobody mm -hmm. expects that for your first single. So I thought that that was interesting that, that like his first single, he took this bold risk of before his music was very like not conscious focused as much. Mm -hmm, and then his mm -hmm. first single is this very critical song of like American beauty standards and stuff. So, yeah, um, I think that's a risk. I think that that's paid off in J. Cole's career, though. I think people know him more now as like a conscious rapper than mm -hmm. anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Born Center, just if we jump into the project here, like I love Born Center. I think it's a really great right. project here. Um, just some standout tracks on here for me. Voluminati, uh, Land of the Snakes. Of mm -hmm. course, She Knows, you had Forbidden Fruit with Kendrick Lamar. Forbidden Lamar. Fruit, yeah. Um, Born Center, the title track, of course. Gotta like show love to that. And also like, this is on the deluxe, so Sparks with Fly with Jenny Aiko. I thought was also a really nice track there at the very end, so... Definitely a lot of songs on this project, um, but there were a lot of great songs on here. Right. And what I what I found was very interesting is that this release, I think, right around the time that Yeezus released. Yeah, and I was about initially to initially it was that. supposed <laughs> to release after Yeezus, but he he moved it so that it would release at the same time because he wanted to compete with Kanye, and which I think is just like that competitive edge right there. That's just shows uh -huh. how competitive he was and it only fell short by like thirty thousand copies to Yeezus. like it was very very close in terms of first week sales 
and Yeezus is regarded as one of Kanye's best albums ever. Right. And it was nominated for a Grammy. So the fact that he competed he only, with it. Yeah. He only fell 30,000 short by releasing on the same day and like almost could have made Yeezus not be a Billboard uh, number one debut. Because uh, basically Yeezus debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot, uh, or, uh, Billboard 200 albums chart and Born Center was at number two because Yeezus was number one. Um, this year was just incredible for rap and we've said it so many times on the oh, episode. Yeah. Like, the the Grammy nominees from this class, like we had nothing was the same. We had uh Good Kid Mad City. Good Kid Mad City, yeah. Jesus. Um, what am I forgetting? Two more, right? Which which two am I forgetting? Uh you already mentioned the Drake. You already mentioned yeah. uh Kendrick. Kendrick did Kanye. you mention did Jay Z Jay Z was on here or something, wasn't he? Magna Carta Holy Grail. Magna Carta. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and then, then obviously Macklemore, yeah. who somehow won. <laughs> we talked about it. revisit, revisit the Grammys episode for more on that. But yeah, Born Center should have been like if I if I if I had the choice, I would have nominated Born Center over over Macklemore. Heist, yeah, over Macklemore. <laughs> definitely, and definitely. You would have had what's arguably the most stacked Grammy nominee class of all time because then you don't there's no right answer like any one right. of them could win the Grammy and you would be like okay I can see there's an argument for that okay um, yeah I, I I want to speak on this briefly I actually think that for me this is his most forgettable project really um, okay and not because there's not individual songs that stand out like clearly the songs you mentioned are, are like very good like Forbidden Fruit my favorite off of it is Let Nos Down because I love Nos okay. and so I like right. the the references the tie-in and how that kind of he's kind of arguing and struggling with it, like coming up to the level of his like idols and dealing with that in, in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, like it's just not clear what the project is trying to do. Like it feels like it's in between the conscious, like trying to be conscious on the level of Kendrick, which Kendrick did better on section 80. Kendrick talks about right. like, like beauty standards and things like that. And, and so it's kind of stuck between that and his earlier works. And so for me, it's just not really clear what the project is going for. There's a lot of strong yeah, singles. That's fair, yeah. That's but fair. I just feel like it's his weakest album. So for that's me, it's his most say. forgettable album. That's fair to say. I, I think forgettable is a little harsh because I, I do think there's still a lot of people who enjoy listening to Born Center. But I, I think you definitely have a point there. And again, when you compare to Kendrick, you have two conscious rappers here. But right. I think Kendrick has just so much of a deeper perspective on some of these things just because of like his upbringing. And not right. to like discredit J. Cole at all to say that his upbringing like didn't have its hardships because I'm sure it did. But just not the same kind that maybe Kendrick went through where he was growing up. Right. right. So, so we'll talk about this a little later. Like J. Cole has actually been like very open and honest about his thoughts about like mm-hmm. being labeled as a conscious rapper and things like that. Yeah. So it, it, really recently he had a big controversy with No Name and Snow on the Bluff. And, yeah. and so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. The, at least um, the way that I see it is like his conscious rap is more focused on his thoughts and like it's from the heart. Views, yeah, exactly. But whereas Kendrick is more fueled by experience. Right, right. So the that, J. Cole stuff is like difference. what he knows off the heart. Yes, like his, exactly. he's speaking his mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Social commentary. Um, yeah. Right. But so anyways, like, you know, Born Sinner did really good, right? Competed with Yeezus. Um, and then like 2014 happens and we have like the unrest with Ferguson. And actually right. J. Cole is like very on the grounds with this. He releases this track called Be Free. He performs mm-hmm. it on Letterman, right? He's bringing a lot of recognition to this, like these issues in yeah. America. 
And this um, is Ferguson, on Ferguson Missouri, right? Right. The, right. Uh, like the unrest. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. In 2014, right? Because yes. that's like what's on his mind that's weighing on his soul. Yeah. So he's going to speak about it. And that's why right. I, I really respect him for. Um, and so then like after Letterman, he has a lot of hype around him and he announces Forest Hill Drives is coming out in December. So he announces this in, in November, mm -hmm. just three weeks before it's coming out. Um, I always like that J. Cole seems to be very like, he like at least maybe since Born Sinner, it seems like when he announces a project, he announces it like two to three weeks before it comes out and then it comes mm -hmm. out, you know, mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I love that because then you're not <laughs> waiting over a year for a project at Drake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so like, yeah, so he announces Four Hills, Four Still Drive. It comes out. What are your thoughts on Forest Hills Drive? The, I like yeah, it. What's your I, thoughts? Yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, you'll have, I, I think, I'm not I'm not going to be afraid to say that, like, it might very well. I mean, obviously, we, we haven't really had enough time for the offseason to resonate yet. So we'll see maybe what our opinions are here but in a few months. But there's a lot of people, and I, I, um, I kind of see that. A lot, I kind of align with their views here in that, like, it's his best album in some ways. Like, I think there's mm -hmm. a large consensus behind that. Um, I, I, I think it's a great project, and there's a lot of standout tracks on here that I really like. Like, I, I think it was a perfect combination between being conscious, you know, him talking about, like, some of his experiences as well as, like, what's on his mind, as well as being very, like, mainstream. I think it hit both of those lanes very well because you have like no role models which is one of his most popular songs ever um we talked about wet dreams which is another song right. a tale of two cities is another one that gets a lot of recognition so i think he really like found his niche right here because it, yeah. it was a perfect length 13 songs an hour long so that it's very um you can get through it the songs the production is good the beats are nice like his lyrics are good so i think it's the like the total package here yeah um, and he had no features so which is, <laughs> yeah here's the thing. Um, so i want to talk about that a little bit so that kind of a bit of an aside here so the whole like j cole went platinum with no features thing like yeah it, it's definitely a great accomplishment but i think people fail to realize that any rapper at his maybe not any rapper but a lot of rappers at the level of popularity that he's at now could probably go platinum with no features mm -hmm. right like if j cole can do it Kendrick Lamar could probably do it. Drake could do it. Like Jay-Z could probably right. do it. Like they could do it. You know, it, it's just, right. he chose to have no features on this album. Okay, cool. But I also feel like after this album is where his like cult following and like uh like a large section of his fan base just became like super like diehards for J. Cole. Yeah. <laughs> like, J. Cole is the greatest musician to ever grace this planet uh he cannot do any wrong like they will listen to five seconds of a song and be like oh my god this is the most amazing thing i've ever heard <laughs> did you hear what he just said like and stuff like that right so because even and i'm gonna fast forward a little bit but leading up to the off season he started putting out this promo he had this single he had the freestyle so he did like two weeks of promo mm -hmm. basically for this album like you just said he does like so many people just start reposting Everything this man puts on social media, they're like, oh my God, Jermaine is dropping. This is going to be the best album of this year. Like, dude, drop the album now. And like, Interlude comes out. They're like, oh my God, this is so good. J. Cole about to go off. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I understand the hype. Like, it's J. Cole, right? Right. Like, there's reason to be hyped here. But at the same time, like, 
the album's not even out yet like relax mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. wait till you hear it and then give your opinion on the project like because there's just so many j cole fans who will just hear two seconds of it and be like oh my god i'm done this is incredible <laughs> right and, and a lot of it's also it's become this sort of thing that it's like it becomes so hard to have like a genuine conversation about J. Cole and provide any criticisms because you'll just get roasted if you do. You'll be like, yeah. oh, you don't you don't really you don't really listen to rap. You don't know what you're talking about. J. Cole's the GOAT and stuff like that. And I've always been one of those people. It's like I, I respect J. Cole. It's like I know he's one of the best rappers in the game, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm not gonna boost him like beyond what's appropriate, right? Right. And yeah. there's also and this just happens in general when you get an artist at this level because like even drake and kendrick lamar have are in this realm of like where you have fans like who will just like boost them above anything me to some extent right you know like i'll do that with drake just yeah you a do little that bit of personal bias but at the same time like i'm i'm not afraid to criticize drake on certain things where it's like i'm not going to say like a drake album is going to be like the best ever until i've actually <laughs> given it a full listen right I won't I won't that's true that's true I, I, I respect that it. yeah yeah I won't overhype it beyond belief and so what ends up happening is when you have artists like this you will have people who will not say it's good just because the majority of people are saying it's good mm -hmm. even even if it genuinely is right like you will have one of those people is like oh what's your favorite song of 2014 forest hills drives like oh I really like no role models but people won't say that just because that's the mainstream song off the project right you know what i mean like they'll, they'll right. intentionally give you a different answer so like last night you know the off season drops and um a couple of my friends and i in a group chat like we're talking about it 15 minutes into the album this one person goes the album's mid the hell the album's <laughs> been out for 15 minutes dude you haven't even gotten through every single song unless you've been skipping around which means you haven't really listened to it right so mm -hmm. like I, yeah, just because there's this so much hype around it and you have that section of his fan base that's saying like this is going to be the greatest thing ever doesn't mean that you automatically have to say it's a bad project or it's yeah. not that good like 15 minutes in and, and then again like 40, 50 minutes after the album comes out you get someone who say the album's mid. It's like okay, but why? Why are you saying that? You've listened to it once. You probably haven't even paid attention to the lyrics that you've probably done a casual listen like it's mm -hmm. just been listening to it while you were doing something else like give it at least a few weeks like listen to it a few times listen to mm -hmm. like the production what he's saying and then formulate an opinion at that point if you think it's not that great your opinion is fully valid but i just I noticed that a lot. Like, I'll, there'll be people who will just say it's good because they feel like they have to say it's good. Right. And then you will have, like, for any project, not just J. Cole. And then you will also have people who will just not give an album any credit at all just because they feel like the consensus here is that this is a good project. So right. They want to be a contrarian. Just they're just, they're, they're just, just like, yeah, I have to go against the opinion. Yeah. yeah. I think so, that is a big problem with the hyped artists, like you're saying. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. this is where it starts for J. Cole. This is where it right? starts for J. Cole, yeah. right? But yeah, that, I guess that's just my message with that little rant there is like, <laughs> I, you know, you can definitely, first impressions are like completely valid. It's definitely one uh -huh. thing. Like, so definitely say like off my first listen, this is what I'm thinking, but I'm going to give it a few more listens. Like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Like if you think it was not that great after the first listen, but you're open to like 
you know, giving it another shot. Like, sure, that's a valid claim. But don't state an opinion in the format of a fact when you either haven't listened to the album fully or you haven't given it a thorough listen. This right. applies to any music out there. Like, give it some time and then say what you think. Like, Eternal Take is another one I bring up. My first reaction, I was like, okay, I really like this. I thought it was pretty good. But over time, it just started to fall off for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So things change over time. Like you'll look back on an album differently a year from now than you will like the day after you listen to it. But all right, right. enough of that. I, I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like this sort of blindness with these opinions is really starts with this album right here, even though it is a great project. I think I think we can agree that it is a really good project. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, the production, like you said earlier, back, back to the album, right, <laughs> is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Like for me, it released in December and like why I think that it did so well is because like the, the project just sounds like winter, you know, like the beats are for the most part, like they're darker or they're colder. And I like that. At the start I of the really album. like those kind of beats. Yeah. Right. There's a heavy really nostalgia like factor because he's rapping mm -hmm. about like his childhood, like growing mm -hmm. up, his high school experience, his like. So it, it's just like a very personal album that anyone can relate to. Mm -hmm. And and then the album art is beyond fantastic i think i, I think it. it's his best yeah i think it's I the best it. album art in his discography like he's just sitting on this house this kind of like tree in the background like i mm. love those introspective album covers yep. really it, it, yeah i i think this is so far his best project and it will be very difficult for him to top mm -hmm. it for sure um and so like something interesting to highlight about this is like so i think he was 30 when he released this so the live yeah, version yeah. he was 31 so i think he was 30 when he released this album or at least like very late 20s so mm -hmm. that's just goes to show you like it's not too late like if you're out there you're like man exactly like, I get into rapping like this is I, a lot of people consider this his best project and it uh -huh. came out when he's 30 which is a lot of people are like oh you're 30 you're yeah. over the hill right yeah <laughs> like, and there's one artist i think he kind of got popular as pop smoke was getting popular like he's out of new york right. and is kind of leading that like drill um kind of new york rap that pop smoke kind of like kicked off but um favio foreign he's like 31 i was like what and he right. didn't rise to fame until like June 2019. Um, so he was like 29 when he really got his big break. So yeah, that just goes to show that it's never, especially for rap, you know, there's not an age limit on this. Like you'll find right. most rappers are like in their early 20s when they start, but you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. So anyways, like this album has won so many accolades, like platinum with no features, triple platinum, right? With no features, yeah. like but J. Cole so many hasn't accolades. won a Grammy. It's pretty crazy. He's never, like barely even he, been nominated. He did so. win. He technically he won. He won for a lot with 21 Savage, which we'll get to later. But not best but rap album. That's not best rap album. Yeah. But he which did win like, a Billboard in the BET, like album of the year with this project. Um, mm -hmm. So he lost the Grammy to Pimpa Butterfly because the Grammy has that right. weird September to September cycle. And this came out out in December yeah, so yeah. um but and there's also a documentary that came along with this project where he had a mm -hmm. lot of collaborators talk and so one thing I thought was interesting about that is like again he's great at content dripping right like great at giving his fans like little bits of content over time but Drake and Pusha T were both on that documentary so I think yeah. there's something that's really cool about J. Cole is like he collaborates with like almost everyone and he really mm -hmm. doesn't beef with people that's, a yes, lot. Yes, I was actually, yeah, before we were uh, doing this episode, that actually crossed my mind. It's just like he's just this benevolent, benevolent figure, right? Right. Like he's on good terms with everybody. He doesn't beef with people. Like no but, one but, like, in he the has. really dislikes him. 
like it's hard to say like he has had problems with people really but i think that when he's like speaks and when he raps it comes from his thought like it is just his thought and he's very transparent about like hey this is just what i understand the world to right. be and i know that it's different than that for other people yeah and so i so... think that he's always open to like legitimate discussion and uh -huh. as a result every time he like beefs it gets squashed immediately and he just yeah. gets deeper respect and people get deeper respect for him in other right. words complex doesn't blow it up right exactly <laughs> so, so speaking of which right um his next project is for your eyes only and leading yeah. up to that he had this uh dj khaled track where he said like all i can say he said said all i could say now i play with thoughts of retirement so people yeah. were scared they're like okay forest hill drives was clearly his best project yeah. is this over now this right? was jermaine's um, interlude on major right Key. exactly yeah. exactly so but, people okay. were there's a lot of artists who do that. They mention <laughs> retirement and stuff. Like even Drake on, I believe it was Western Road Flows on Views, same calendar year said, um, like, um, like every like something about like being 35 and under. That's when I plan on retiring. It's already funded, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like obviously people are gonna speculate, but I, I feel like that's just them in the moment, just flowing with the beat, like doing what they're saying. I I don't know if there's necessarily like to read into it yeah that. yeah yeah i mean clearly not because he said that in like what 2016 and he's still going still here um, right <laughs> but but he releases a couple one-offs like what we talked about as one-offs already false prophets yeah. and everybody dies right. i love these tracks because he's mm -hmm. rapping from this like perspective where he's like hey i know i'm big in hip-hop i have thoughts about everything from like old heads who are hating on young heads to like these young artists that are like ridiculous right <laughs> Right, so he had one line that was aimed at Lil, right? So it wasn't sure, like, Lil Yachty or Lil Uzi it was aimed mm -hmm. at. And he had another a line, like, aimed at, like, Lil Pump and Smoke Perf, both, or Smoke Perp both start, okay. like, kind of going off because he's saying, like, extremely tatted up, colorful hair, flamboyant brand names, right? Like, it's caricatures. Mm -hmm. And the, he's, his issue, he said, was not with this particular artist. So J. Cole said this about those two songs. Like, he's, like, his issue was the caricatures. They're yeah. the dominant representation of black people um, on the most popular entertainment format for black people. So that was like his issue is he's kind of like has issues with stereotypes that people portray to right. up their like views, right? right. And up and, their and, listens. Yeah, I mean, from where he's, you know, built himself up, I mean, he's in a call, he has a college degree, you know, like right. really carries himself very well. So I guess he, he, I can totally understand why he would not like to see that being a representation of the rap industry. Mm-hmm um right so but along those lines like little pump and smoke perp both try to like they get their fans riled up they tweet shit like yeah. fuck j cole you know and so uh <laughs> i remember uh, that that was freaking hilarious right i, like, I don't, oh I don't remember God, what why? show this was at but at some some show he starts rapping acapella over one of his beats and his fans start trying to say they're like fuck little pump they try to chant that oh, and yeah, he shuts yeah, it down yeah. instantly yeah, he's, he's like, like no, he's like no, no, no don't do that. he's don't like do we that, don't, don't do that, that shit here <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like again, that's just like you know, and, and so apparently, at Rolling Loud, so apparently he actually does meet up with Little Pump, and and they squash, they completely squash that beef, and they sat down, they have an hour long interview, which is actually a pretty good interview. It's on yeah. YouTube. So like again, that's just me saying, like you know, he comes from this place of respect. I think that mm -hmm. like even when he says stuff that's not correct, he's mm -hmm. one of those people that he he will correct himself, and he'll like you know, he'll adjust. So anyways, like that's all leading up to For Your Eyes Only. It comes out in December again. 
Um, I remember listening to it. I remember being impressed by the first few tracks, like Immortal, mm -hmm. Deja Vu, and Neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, but, but like, what's your opinion? What was like the standout yeah. for you? I think this album is the one that's actually his most forgettable or mm. again a little bit harsh right? I know to use the term forgettable but I just feel like a lot of people and myself included were not very like it didn't blow me away um, right like Forest Hills Drive did. and this I, is the again, hype beast thing yeah, right you get the but... you get uh, yeah the recency bias starts coming into play it's like oh like how are you gonna top Forest Hills Drive right so that, that's right. a little bit of an effect that plays into it um it still did amazing numbers wise yeah. though because you like yeah. deja vu and there was another track on there that were like big on the radio neighbors like, neighbors yeah neighbors. both of those tracks like deja vu i remember because um i was learning to drive at that time like i was i was yeah. starting to like do lessons and stuff so i was in the car a lot um and the car i was using didn't have bluetooth uh so i was always using just the radio right i was tuning into like my radio station and deja vu would be on like every time like, i just mm -hmm. remember it's synonymous with me doing my like uh driver's ed because every time i would be in the car deja vu would be on like the like put two fingers in the sky if you want it was like the hook from the beginning right mm -hmm. um so i just remember um that that song really was out there and it had like that song and the neighbors were like hits off the album but right. i think the album itself didn't really resonate with it. right i agree like the concept didn't hit for me like like it was supposed to be something like his friend who went to prison like he wrote something for his daughter and it's for the mm -hmm. daughter's eyes only but like yeah. it lacked the cohesiveness to me like forest hill drives had cohesiveness and, and that's my opinion that's my issue with when people call like j cole a conscious rapper i don't think he's conscious to the same degree that kendrick is because he right. never seems to really have like this very strong focused one topic he's drilling on or like two or three topics he's always all over the place he's always just speaking his mind which i think there's a place for but it, it just never seems and it, hurt, it hurts my impression of his albums because it doesn't seem as focused. And I mm -hmm. seem to like miss a larger message, you know, mm -hmm. which for a lot of artists, there's a larger message, which is really easy to, not a lot, I'll say a few. Mm -hmm. For a few artists, there's larger messages that are easy to hit on. Yeah. And so for me, I, I miss that in a lot of J. Cole's most recent discography, like for mm -hmm. your eyes only. Mm -hmm. um, and I already talked about Fold and Close. I hate that track. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> But, yeah, but um, I think I think this album is one of those that's like, obviously his like diehard fans are gonna like it, you know? Right. It's like it's gonna be hard. It's kind of like with me in the weekend, right? Like even if the weekend puts out something that's not that great, I'm probably still gonna like it just because right. like, I'm just a super fan of the weekend. And so we talked about Kissland on the last artist spotlight, right? Like you know the general consensus is like people don't really like. Uh, this album doesn't get the same recognition as the other ones, but there are like a small section of his diehard fans that really like it. I think you get the same thing with For Your Eyes Only, right? Yeah. There's going to be the diehard fans who love the project that they'll probably still listen to it today. And they'll get riled up by the fact that so many people, I think more people were critical of this than yeah. usual, which is not what you had for Forest Hills Drive. It's like you, no one was really critical of that. So I feel like mm -hmm. with this project, you finally started getting more criticism than right. before for j cole right and i think that carries over to kod so he yes. has a surprise uh, let's event jump in april yeah, let's transition right, right into it, it yeah it, this event in april 2018 turns out to be a listening party for kod um uh -huh. there's a feature on it for the first time people are like oh my gosh there's a feature it turns out it's just an alter ego an alter for j. Cole ego called called kill edward, kill edward. right um mm -hmm. 
and so this project comes out what are your thoughts on this one too yeah th this one did not it didn't do it for me either right. um again kind of like for you your eyes only you had right? the hits like you had the hits you had kod atm did really well i right. I, I even remember during the um the 2018 NBA, yeah. NBA playoffs. This was like the uh, the theme. Like at the beginning of every game, you heard like the yeah, countdown. Yeah, I remember like, that. So that, it was pretty nice. Like I thought it was that was catchy. So obviously, um, that that stuck with me a little bit. But the album as a whole didn't really do a whole lot for me. And I right. feel like it kind of came and went. Like it, right? Like yeah, it, it didn't have the because people still. Talk it doesn't about have the staying power. Yeah, Souls Drive. Yeah, but like this one came and went very similar to for your eyes only so right I, I would really say like after for your eyes only he kind of like it's kind of in like hits a wall here a little bit with like yeah i know i agree definitely and yeah. i think that ties back to that like play with thoughts of retirement line like his four solo drive was he was top of he was definitely top of the game that oh, album yeah. came out he's top of the game yeah. and i think for him who's always been someone and he so i'll refer to a recent interview in a recent interview he pretty much said like you know it's time for me to start competing with myself right mm -hmm. so i think for him he had reached the top of the competition against other people and he hit a block and that kind of shows up and for your eyes only in kod i think that's a great he's not really it. focused it's kind of you know and so just even to touch on that kod could stand for three things K kids on drugs king overdose kill our demons right but those three things are kind of like they're kind of like similar to greed and drug addiction and like the digital era which are themes mm -hmm. he touches on in the album but it's never really clear like what he's trying you know what i mean like if for yeah. me there's never really a clear take-home message that's tied together by all that's the, songs. the thing that's the thing right. do you feel like maybe the fact that the streaming era kicked off in 2015 and like forest hills drive was one of the last albums to really be out right before i mean you, it's kind of part of the streaming era because most people have still listened to it right stream but do you think that ha i don't think that really has anything to do no, with it. really I, I don't think so i think it's I just, just him like hitting a block yeah. here I, yeah, yeah. I just think i found it interesting that that kind right. of happened at the same time but right. um yeah so after kod he goes on like a bit of a feature run i guess that's right what get we'll, we'll get there in one second so okay. i do want to touch on one thing before that so one thing okay. before that is um so he has an interview with angie martinez and i'm just saying this because i did the kendrick lamar spotlight where he pretty much says the kendrick cole album's dead he says he yeah. says something along the lines of like you know we recorded tracks we have it kind of there and she's like oh if you have it there why don't you release it? And his answer mm -hmm. was like, you know, he's his own man. I'm my own man. We both have our careers, our labels, like all our families to worry about. So if there was going to be a time to release it, it would have been back when we were starting. Like right. now it's not really right. in the cards. I 100% so. agree. And I, I, that hurts I me, go but, on another, you know. another little aside here about collab albums, because they're definitely a very interesting thing to take a look at. Mm -hmm. um I, I mean honestly we could probably have a whole episode on collab albums only if we wanted to and really break it down but there's been a, a number over the past few years like they're very hard to get right you know right. you had the throne with jay-z and kanye that worked um and you had like two like hip-hop giants like doing a collab album together so obviously it was wildly successful but generally today they end up being more like mixtapes anyway like they're not really right because it's just so hard to like do a whole album with another artist that it's something that you just have to be in the same space for a certain amount of time and just do it quickly right mm -hmm. because schedules are different and people have different things that they want to go right. for and they're working on their own music it's just so hard to get right um 
just to touch on a few in recent years, a one notable one was What a Time to Be Alive from 2015. They recorded mm-hmm. that in six days, like Drake and Future, the all in Atlanta, like they recorded the entire album in six days. So it's like it's a mixtape, right? right? They did it very quickly. It was pretty good. I think it got generally positive reviews, but it wasn't like their best work at all. Like you could tell mm-hmm. it was very rushed, very quick. And it's kind of just, it's more of a hype machine, I feel, these days, like these collab right. projects than anything. Right. So, yeah. Oh, ahead, I was going to say, even even Cole and Kendrick released uh, mm-hmm. like a joint project or joint single called Black Friday. Black Friday, I remember just, that. Right? Remember it's that. just J. Cole rapping over All Right and Kendrick rapping over... Um, Gosh, it, it's off four cell drives. I can't remember which yeah. one it is right now. Run it. Nice yeah. watch. Run it. What's exactly. that song? Which one is that song? It's not Firing Squad, is it? That's the it one might before be. Firing. It might be. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Okay. Anyways. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. You're good. <laughs> Anyways, right? Like, yeah. even the, the song we heard from their joint mm-hmm. project was more like a mixtape, right? It was exactly. someone rapping over someone else's beat. So, yeah. And with Kendrick, it's just hard to do, right? Like, I, he right. doesn't really do mixtapes anymore, right? Like, he focuses on the studio albums right. now. So, the way he operates is just difficult to execute. And there's been other collab projects. I think some of sometimes they become forced just because the fans want it. Again, back to the hype machine uh-huh. deal they just become forced because and, and you got to understand right just because two artists collabed well on one song and it ended up being a hit like they, it worked really well doesn't mean that an entire album would work right well. uh, right. like a good example here and i actually really like this project it's one of my favorite mixtapes but the quavo and travis scott joint project mm-hmm. huncho jack jack huncho right they oh my this side was the track that they collabed on on rodeo and people loved it like it was very different but like it worked um and then they had another good collaboration on pick up the phone from birds in the trap sing mcknight so a lot of people were like and i think they started like teasing it it's like like cactus jack and quavo album coming soon or something like that but they weren't actually working on it they just said they were but they weren't really but like it became such a big deal for the fans it's like like drop the collab project drop the collab project so one day they said okay fine like we're gonna do it and then it didn't end up being what fans expected Mm -hmm. a lot of people were disappointed um like future has done a lot of collab projects like he did one with lil uzi that was oh, very that forgettable was it was very yeah. forgettable he did one with juice world that i think was also pretty forgettable in my opinion I, and then a lot of people are probably gonna like like roast me for the saying that because i know there's people who like it but it was pretty forgettable so i think collab projects can be cool but they're more hype machines than actual quality music right, these right, days like right. they only work in specific circumstances so right so i think that it's okay with the kendrick cole project is dead like you know i I think that they're past the stage where it would do something and be like conducive to their careers exactly as a fan i want to hear it as a fan as a fan i want to hear it it, but yeah but like from practical perspective you know they're probably past that but speaking of their careers right like so now we'll get to the feature run so j cole has focused starting to focus more on himself and like competing with himself and so he has this uh picture that showed up on Instagram, which is like the fall off run, which you Mm -hmm. might have seen. It's like a notebook. It's got a couple of like things scribbled out. So one of the things is like it's his current run. And one of them is the feature run. And there's a line through it. So the feature run was after right after KOD comes out. He has like the, the a lot of features and a lot of like generation hype generates around it. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, so he performs at the NBA halftime show. He performs Middle Child, uh, ATM, Love Yours, No Role Middle Child was Middle Child was a single. Like it did great, like numbers wise. Like it was I, I, again another song that was always on the radio. Right. Um, and this was like uh, it wasn't really conscious. I mean, it, it, to some extent it was, but it went back to right. like it went back to what he was saying, what you were saying about just like him having fun, right? Because I remember right. the hook is like, I just poured something in my cup. Like, okay, like, you know, that's not very different from before, you know? Right, but but he's rapping about like his middle child, like the verses are about okay. like how he's yeah. like in the middle of these two generation of artists, yeah. like the purist and, and the new, but, so but like anyways, so he goes spirit. on this run, he's on all kinds of songs. So what's your favorite song from this feature run? From the feature run, I gotta go with the. London. I think I know yours. I was, I was gonna say the. I was gonna guess the London. London. Yeah. That's why I asked. I remember so, I listened to yeah. the London so much when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, so you could um, talk about this. Yeah, and I also really like a lot though off the Twenty One Savage yeah, album. That's my I favorite. That's yeah. my favorite. That's my favorite J Cole verse. Period in a story oh, really? is a lot. Yeah, wow. it, it's just it was timed so well. It, it raps about current things. He raps about Takashi for crying out loud, and oh, it yeah. is his first <laughs> Grammy win. It's his first Grammy by the way, win, so. By the way, 6ix9ine, hilarious. <laughs> the way this dude fell off, oh my gosh, man. Honestly, you a clown if at any point you thought 6ix9ine was good or listened to 6ix9ine. <laughs> just going to point that out right there. You got to check yourself. Um, but anyways, you know, so so I think a lot was my favorite. Um, but his, his comment about this was, so he was really famous for doing really well in albums with no features. But his comment was like, in a most recent documentary with 21 Savage, he's talking to him. He's talking about features. He says, why would you box yourself in? Right. right. He's like, why would you box? So he said, I was doing this with no features. And I thought to myself, why would I box myself in? So it's clear with this like feature run that he took mm -hmm. some kind of liberty and really wanted to stretch his sound, his substance, like what he was mm -hmm. rapping about. Like a lot of his verses on here are just like him having fun, talking about how he's the greatest, like all of this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's the feature and run. Yeah, I really also like like with the feature run how it's an emphasis on these younger and up and coming right. artists that before like you talked about like with Lil Pump and like Yachty or whatever like he had some issues with that he squashed. Um, but like it, it's like he's intentionally working with these artists to try to bring them up, even though you wouldn't expect him to because it's a completely different representation of rap than the one right. that he put forth. Um, like you get he collab with 21 Savage uh, and like Young Thug, another one, because the London was Young Thug song with Travis Scott and J. Cole as the features. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that I think that's really awesome. Like, right. Speaking of putting on younger artists, though, he comes mm -hmm. out with this album from his Dreamville group yep. called Return Revenge of the Dreamers. Right. Is yep. it is Revenge of the Dreamers? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Which has a lot of really standout tracks like J.I.D., who I am the most excited for from this Is it group JID of or JID? I've heard both. I think it's JID. But it might I don't be know. JID. I've heard people say both. It's whatever. Take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, take it for what it is. I, I'm going to say JID. You could say JID. Okay, It'll sure. be like JIF and GIF. JIF and GIF. <laughs> <laughs> and then Costa Rica was also really good off of that. Like another really good song off that project. Okay. So apparently there are 343 total artists and producers involved in making that project. It's insane. Same. And I think a lot of them got recognition that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise because mm -hmm. J. Cole is using his platform, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's what I wanted to shout out that like and, and it got nominated for a Grammy, you know. Yeah, it did. So it did. It was a great it did really well project, for so. a collab album of that like or level. Right. Or I guess more of a compilation album. Exactly. Because he only had like one of his own songs on there. Right. Like, Middle Child. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And this was now we're in 2019 now. Right. 
Right, right. So, all right. Towards the end 2020. of 2019. So what's going on in 2020? 2020, um, as you know, right, uh, we get a little bit of silence because the future runs yeah. over, Revenge and of the COVID, Dreamer, right. and COVID, yeah. right? But then in the summer, right, um, mm-hmm. George Floyd and, and you know, the, right. the mm-hmm. riots, the issues yeah, we all know. Mm-hmm. happening in our country. Um, so there were a lot of people, I think we talked about this in the Kendrick episode, right? There were a lot of people who were like, like saying like, hey, like Kendrick Cole, like we'll use your voice. Where are you at? So mm-hmm. No Name was a wonder artist who made a tweet. She said, poor black folks all over the country putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety and your t- favorite top selling rappers not even willing to put a tweet up. See, I have an issue with that. And, and the reason I, I say that is because like people, people will frame things however is most convenient for them. Because like, I guarantee, like these are the same people who will always be criticizing rap music for being too like gangster or being too like, like not unprofessional and just not having Uh, a good influence on youth. And then they'll say like, oh, but like these same people also need to like speak out and stuff. So it's like, there's like a double Okay, for for the record, this is No Name. This is another rapper. It's a female artist from Chicago called No Name. Okay. So so she's, I don't I don't think she's like that about rap music. Okay. Her rap music. But I, yeah, um, I was just pointing. I'm not not like to put that on her, but I think there oh, are but just like in people general, out people there. Are, in general, there's a lot of people this. who will apply. Right. Yeah. So this is not directed at no name, but this is just, there's just people who will apply a double standard. That's like like they'll criticize them for doing this, but then also expect mm-hmm. the same people to be advocates in like different times. So it's like like if you're gonna expect advocacy from these people you gotta like have a general sense of respect for like the things that they're doing right it's not not just when it's convenient for you right and and so j cole releases a response track snow on the bluff right Mm -hmm. um which pretty much like uh, amounts to him like he he directly like calls out no name well not directly like indirectly Mm -hmm. he says like you're mad at celebrities low-key i think she's talking about me right um (laughs) But like one of the things he says on this is like he's uh, he says like um, basically something along the lines I'm paraphrasing from here but mm-hmm. along the lines of like oh like there's other people out there that are very like educated on these type of racial issues and mm-hmm. I didn't have that like education growing up because mm-hmm. um, you know he grew up his mom was white he grew up mm-hmm. like in a very multi ethnic area like Fayetteville right. North Carolina. Um, so he said, he said, personally, he said, like, I do not feel like I am prepared to be like a leader for these kind of causes because I don't know mm-hmm. enough about it and I mm-hmm. want to learn more. Right. So like, there's so many things I can talk about and, and like those lyrics off that song. And like, that's mm-hmm. one of them is that like, he's always open to like learning more and like changing mm-hmm. his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing is like his brand of conscious rap. He's not trying to like he is really just speaking his mind, I think. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that those lyrics really emphasize that, you know, he's speaking yeah. his mind. He's not saying like, I know, like, you know what I mean? He's not saying I know mm-hmm. what's right. He's really just saying this is how I feel about the situation. Right. So, yeah. So I guess that is it safe to say that was like the highlight of 2020. Other than that, he was kind of just, you know, in the background there. Right. Well, yeah. And then No Name has a response and her response track, uh, she absolutely tears him and he even retweets <laughs> it like he retweets it. He doesn't like he's not like, oh, like 
angry about it or anything. Right. You know, he retweets it. He retweets <laughs> he, like, it. That's respect, right? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, so that that's like for the most part, that's 2020. I think <laughs> was was um the climb and Lion King on Ice were those from 2020 or did he release? I they might have been. Remember. I don't remember for sure. I don't remember for sure. It might have been like towards the end of the year if they they were 2020. So yeah, it was 2020. Uh, like this uh-huh. this um these two singles, the climb back and Lion King on Ice called uh-huh. Lewis Street and, and this package called Lewis Street. He releases in okay. 2020. So and I thought they were pretty good. I was really okay. excited because I said, okay, like Lion King on Ice, he's referencing his Simba songs. Yeah. And then the other song was I thought was quite good. So mm-hmm. yeah, but that's pretty much 2020. And that leads us basically right into 2021. 2021, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh the single that he drops, what is it, like a week or two ago? Interlude, yeah. Interlude. And he announces, you know, he Last says week. May 14th. The off season. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty random, just out of nowhere. He's like the yep. off season, May 14th. Been working on this one for a long time. Um, and then that was it. And then like a few days later, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna just drop this single real quick. And he drops interlude, which is again interesting because usually artists will drop like the best song off an off a project, like as the single, like three months before, right? Mm-hmm. As promo. And it'll do like huge numbers and stuff, but he dropped an interlude <laughs> as a single like a week before the project. So that's another just one of the unique things that he does and what makes J. Cole J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Right? And if I'm going to be honest, I think interlude is one of the better tracks. Oh, off it's this fire. Album. It's, awesome. it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, But yeah, I guess speaking of the album just came out this morning. Uh-huh. I listened to it twice. I'm sure you've listened to it a yeah. time or two. Given it what's one your first, listen, yeah. What's your first impression? Yeah, so um, I really like this project. Definitely more than KOD and For Your Eyes Only. And I think what really stood out to me, I haven't really paid attention to the lyrics as closely I would have liked to yet. But I did give it like a, as thorough of a listen as I could, at least for the first time. Um, I really... I thought the mixing on it was really great, like with the Mm. vocals and the production, like it just everything fit really nicely. And I could tell there was a lot of time spent on the mixing. Um, I I know that's something most people don't really pay attention to, but it did definitely stood out to me. It was very well mixed and put together. I also really liked his flow and like how he changed his flows flows were were great. The way he changed his flows, the speed of the flows, like, um, it was as if like he was able to like transition between two distinct flows like very seamlessly um, mm-hmm. on a lot of these songs and i really like that yeah um, and there were okay again spoiler warning here for anyone who hasn't listened to the album yet like definitely go listen to it before you continue with this episode but there are features um, yes <laughs> there are, like two of them we got 21, 21 Savage and we got little baby um which goes back to what i was saying like he's intentionally working with these type right. of artists now which was cool. And I, I really like it when artists hide the feature, like they don't list it like in the song yeah. title because that gives you a reason to listen to it, to hunt for features. Like I love doing that. It, it's, you always get a thrill when you hear someone on a song, wait, wait is that, oh, that's- Is that, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it's fun. It makes a listening experience enjoyable. Right. Speaking of which, you know, I love the 21 song, My Life, right? I think that was the oh, yeah. song of 21. I See, love I, that I was going to text you about it. It was like midnight. I was going to text you about it. I'm like, but then said, I don't want to spoil him discover it. it right? I'm not, I'm, he's going to, I don't want to tell him like, bro, there's a 21 feature on here because I, right. like, you're a big 21 Savage fan. So I didn't right, want to do that to you. But. So yeah, like I, I, that's like my first impressions. I like this project a lot. Like again, there's not like an overarching theme compared mm-hmm. to like Forest Hills Drive. Like there's not like this like nostalgia childhood theme. Like it is very like a collection of his current thoughts and his current experiences right 
um which like but he's very like his lyricality is up like definitely yeah. his his lines are better his bars are better like just uh, okay i'm just gonna read like the first couple a couple of bars mm-hmm. from 95 south the first song right yeah. which i thought were just like oh he says look how everybody <laughs> clapping when your 30 song album do a measly hundred Ooh, I was like, okay. You right? said oh, I heard, yeah, I remember that. I remember Put that. Put an M it's on so your true. head. It's so You're true. You're Luigi's brother now. Yeah, Put an M so... on your head, Luigi yeah. brother now. I, I like crazy. that. That's pretty good, dude. Anyways, yeah. he's got like a lot of really good lines like this all throughout this project. Uh-huh. Um, and he raps about a lot of like cool things on this project too. Uh-huh. So um, I let go my hand. That's what I wanted to shout out in particular. There's a couple of lines he's talking about. Like he has two sons, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a father. And he's talking about like one day his kids will have to fight their own fights, but then he mm-hmm. does some introspection like, okay, like I have to fight fights too, but I always put on a little bit of a facade. Um, and his most recent fight he talks about was actually with Diddy. So, um, so yeah, it was actually a fight where he stood up for Kendrick because after Kendrick's control verse um, at a party, Diddy apparently wanted to fight Kendrick and Cole got in the Gosh. way and was like, he's like, no, don't do that shit here. <laughs> so. <Don't> do that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was yeah. really interesting. It was in 2013, apparently, mm-hmm. um, at the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah. So. But again, with that 30 track album thing, go, like that ties into what I was saying about like J Cole with these concise albums these days, when everyone else right. is doing like 20, 25, 30 song albums. It's like, all right, like chill out, you know. So. Right, and I think "Close" is another track off of here. I like where he talks about. I really like. I, I think that that one's the one that's in reference to like. Um, he's talking about like the people in his hometown and like people like I, i'm not sure if that was in reference to uh like you know bomb shelter that he grew up with right mm-hmm. yeah maybe um, um i i just i know this one song i i, I like the one with little baby a lot uh was it i think pride is the devil one with Lil, yeah yeah that was the yeah. one with little baby i really like that one interlude obviously is great i also really like the closing track hunger on hillside thought that was really nice so. right so i i think this project is like a really good collection of singles but there, okay. i so i think there's like a lot of really good songs on here that i'm gonna re-listen uh-huh. to i'm gonna save them i'm gonna yeah. like listen to the whole project front to back again because i think that there's nothing worth skipping right i think mm-hmm. like it's really like front to back good song after good song yeah it's a solid project but i'm still missing that like theme yes yeah i i think so and maybe this is just because i haven't listened to it enough maybe, like maybe i need to go back and maybe i'll be able to like identify something something in there i don't but think so because my thought I, yeah. is like it's called the off season which goes mm-hmm. back to the names of his mixtapes right like the warm-up um like okay. which don't really have themes right mm-hmm. and apparently in his notebook he had crossed out there's two more albums coming in this uh run so we'll the fall see. off run and one crazy, is kill right? edward or one is a okay. kill edward album probably i think that's going to be it's a boy because mm-hmm. that's like the name in the notebook um and the other one is the fall off and so apparently he's been working on that since 2016. wow and that's going to be the last album and as supposedly he's claiming it's going to be his like magnum opus right okay well, so I guess we'll we see. I don't want to hype it up. To... I don't want to hype it up too much, but okay. maybe that's yeah. going to have more of this consistent theme. Maybe. And I guess maybe that's where that, that's where we can wrap up here is like, right. This is we know where he's going because he's like, right. He told us. Before. Yeah, he told us. Right. So there's not much for us to speculate for now. Um, but what we can speculate on is like, okay, based on this, like, what are we going to expect from these next two projects? And like you said, I mean, if the fall off ends up being like a themed album, 
I think that's going to be like sort of a return to form for him. Like, right. will it be like another Forest Hills drive? Like, I, I don't necessarily want to put labels on it like that, but right. um, I, I think he's definitely back on an upward trajectory. And this was like a very good like start if this mm -hmm. is like a run that he's going on. So. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think the fall off is good. I hope it's going to be something along those lines, like a very focused project album. Um, and I think the Kill Edward album also has potential, if that's what it ends up being. It's a boy. I think that's going to be like a kind of concept, but not in like a serious concept album, but more in like a like a Slim Shady LP type right. concept album. Because I see a lot of parallels between Kill Edward and Slim Shady LP. And apparently Eminem has also had a large influence on J. Cole. So much so that he said Eminem's like tie for it, it being in his top five. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. That's I'm hoping but yeah i mean the off season again like solid project there and i'll, I'll listen, listen to it more yeah. I'll, I'll listen to it more and event like in a few weeks i'll probably have a better idea of where i want to rank this among like the other like rank this in his discography For our, but, in our 2021 tier list bro exactly yeah and definitely <laughs> a lot more probably a lot more j cole to look forward to in the near future yeah. so that's that pretty incredible career so far and like still going so um that's like we we, we hit the two like lyrical artists now from yep. this like decade we got kendrick we got j cole so always fun to do these spotlights and really like take a deep dive into like the entire career of an artist so yeah all right well i guess we can call it a day there and a pretty long episode today but our definitely, longest, i think uh, probably our longest ever but definitely worth it because there was a lot to talk about i think we hit a lot of, hit on a lot of good points there so yeah as always thanks to everyone who listened and got to this point in the episode and we'll be back with more content real soon as usual